And we're back. Is that too loud? I can't tell like how high the volume is on this. <sighs> oh my God. What day is it? It's um February 4th, I think. Yeah. Thursday, February 4th, 2021. It's fucking crazy. Um, <sighs> yes, I had some wine before I recorded this. <laughs> and I'm ha- I have a white claw right here. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I'm not doing great. But I think that's okay. Like I want, I just want to be honest because I feel like so many people are dishonest in the way they present themselves online and in their stupid podcasts, you know, it's okay to not be doing well. And I don't think a lot of people are doing well right now. For obvious reasons. I mean, there's still a pandemic. We're barely, it hasn't even been a year since quarantine really took effect. That was like March, I think it was March 17th. I went into quarantine. You know, my office like shut down and we just started working from home. hasn't even been a year and I did I did fine for most of the year for 2020 you know I felt pretty good I'm an introverted person so I don't need to see people all the time but I don't know it's been like the last the last couple of months where I've really been starting to break down, break apart, haven't really been able to handle this. Um, and that's okay. I do consider myself to be pretty mentally strong and resilient. Yes, I am on 300 milligrams of Wellbutrin daily. Is it enough? I think the max they can give you daily of Wellbutrin is 450 milligrams. And I haven't hit that yet. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's not really the pandemic that has, you know, sent me into a depression. Um, I guess I should just be honest, um someone really hurt my feelings recently and I've been trying to process that and it's very, very difficult. I've been in therapy on and off for 21 years, which is not typical. I have to admit, yes, that reflects that I come from a little bit of a privileged background because not every person when they're 12 or 13 is able to go to therapy, nor is their family usually able to afford it. 
So I consider myself very lucky in that respect. Um, but I feel like, you know, over 21 years, I mean, it hasn't been continuously every week for the last 21 years, but, uh, the majority of those 21 years I have been going to therapy regularly. And I do believe it has helped me grow as a person. I have a very strong understanding of who I am and what I can handle I'm pretty self-aware. Um, I'm able to understand, you know, the whys and hows and whats of people around me are. And I must say that the last couple of months have really tested me. And I guess I wanted to talk about this because it was someone who I trusted, who essentially, I don't even know how to say this. I mean, I trusted them and they essentially turned on me and went behind my back in a way. And it's just, it's really hurtful. Yes, it was a romantic situation. <laughs> um, I still don't know what to think. I'm the type of person who always wants to look for meaning in everything. Um, I'm very into spirituality. You know, I, I'm into astrology, tarot, uh, past lives. Things like that. And there's nothing I can really come up with that justifies someone treating me unkindly. But the thing is, is that I grew up in a household where my parents modeled a very poor relationship. My parents yelled at each other a lot. Uh, I would say they did not respect each other. There was no love, no respect, no trust. It was chaos, really. And that was the type of romantic relationship that was modeled to me. And it's frustrating because my mother, (sighs) my mother, you know, she'll call me up because it was my birthday recently. Thank you. Yes. You don't need to say anything. Um, you know, she'll call me up and, you know, after asking about my life or whatever, you know, she'll, she'll always like slip in some comment about like, oh, I really thought you'd be married by now. I thought you would have kids by now. And that kind of frustrates me because, well, see, I just turned 34 and my mom was 34 when she had me. I could not imagine being pregnant right now, quite honestly. That would be insane to me. But my mom, like, she has this idea that, you know, the purpose of a woman in life is to be a wife and mother. And for a lot of women, it is. I personally would like to be a mother at some point. It hasn't happened yet. 
but that hasn't been my focus in life. And part of the reason why is because I saw what happened between my mother and my father. And there wasn't any love there. And my father was very cold and cruel and narcissistic and an addict. He was a drinker. I mean, some of my earliest memories as as a child are, are of him being drunk. I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, my mother, when my mother met my father, she had a good job. She worked at a brokerage firm. I'm not even going to get into brokerage firms and what was happening in the news last week, but you know, the stock market, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Everybody found out the stock market existed, finally. People were buying into GME, AMC. I didn't do that shit. This is the one piece of practical, realistic advice I'm going to give on my pod tonight. Do not invest in single stocks unless you're very well off. (laughs) It's such a mistake. Single stock investing is one of the worst things you can do. Anyway, I don't do it. I invest in a lot of ETFs and mutual funds and I have some crypto. Anyway, um, yeah, the GME thing does not surprise me. So anyway, my mom, uh, she had a good job. She worked at a brokerage firm in New York City in the 80s. I think she was making like over $60,000 a year in the 80s, which is pretty good. She had benefits. She was an executive assistant to one of the partners at the brokerage. And things were going well. And then she met my father, Tony. I don't even know what she was thinking. <laughs> it's funny because like I feel like I've I've dated guys who were like my father. And I have an understanding, a basic understanding of like guys like that, you know, they can be charming. They can be funny. They can be kind if they want to at times. But the truth is, is at the core of it, like those men are, they're narcissists. They're, they're addicts. They feed off of the energy that other people give them. And that describes my father and it describes some of the men I've been in relationships with. So I feel like for the last 21 years of my life that I've been in therapy, I've been trying to get this sort of invisible demon off of my back. And what it is, it's, it's that it's the feeling that I don't deserve better that I don't deserve someone who is kind to me, that I don't deserve someone who treats me well or respects my time or my energy or reciprocates any type of effort or kindness that I put into a relationship. 
I've often found myself in agony over men who have been very unkind to me. And it's a painful realization to know that you have this inside of you, that you have the urge to essentially be codependent, for lack of a better word, to give yourself so fully to someone who really doesn't give a fuck about you. And I've been trying to figure this out for a long time. And I've been trying to stop patterns in my life from repeating over and over and over again. But they've repeated, even though I don't want them to. And that's just what happens sometimes. There's a lot of subconscious things that motivate humans. And there's so many things beyond what a human can see or feel or experience that essentially guides us, you know. I really believe that. I think there's there's forces outside of us that essentially move us in directions of our life, you know. And if I knew how to undo it completely, I would have done that by now, you know. I'm not a dumb woman. I'm very aware of what's happening. And I'm quite frankly sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of it. You know, and as you get older, you kind of realize like, well, when you're younger, like you, you say like, oh, I'm never going to be like, I'm never going to be like my parents. I never want to be like them. I'm not going to be that. But the truth is, is that I've inherited something genetically within me that drives me in the direction of being like them. And that's what I'm fighting against. I think that's what a lot of us are fighting against. You know, I don't even know what to call it. I mean, it's not like it's a predetermination or anything like that. But I do think we have biological urges to essentially recreate the conditions that we witnessed in our childhood. And it's traumatic. I had a very traumatic childhood. Obviously, otherwise I wouldn't be doing stand-up comedy, you know. You don't do stand-up comedy if you had a good childhood. (laughs) And if you did have a good childhood and you're doing stand-up comedy, you're probably not very funny. Sorry, whoever is listening to this and did not have a traumatic childhood, but you think you're good at comedy, you're probably not. You know. There's so many things that happened to me as as a child and as an adolescent that shaped who I am. It's very complicated. The human psyche is extremely complicated. And I don't pretend to even know the beginnings of it. But what I do know is that 
I'm tired of repeating patterns. I'm tired of loving men who are incapable of loving me back. It's extremely frustrating. Because my father was clearly, you know, I think he was a narcissist. I say was, but he is alive. He's a narcissist. You know, just like nothing could ever please him or satisfy him. And he seemed to always resent me and my sister. Which is crazy. I mean, we're children. We're children. And he resented us. Was constantly angry and yelling and saying how much he wanted to leave. And I wanted him to leave. I... I prayed. I prayed that he would leave because I felt it would be better than him staying. But he did stay. He stayed until I was 25 years old, which is unbelievable to me (laughs) that he stayed that long. And it's done real damage to me you know, mentally and spiritually. And I wish I knew the answers. I don't know all the answers. I am privileged, as I said before. You know, I've done all kinds of things. I I practice transcendental meditation. I have a shaman, you know, who tries to educate me on my past lives and my connections to people in my life and the cords that connect me to certain people, especially romantic connections. I do it all. You know, I I try so hard to undo this damage. My mom, you know, she calls me and she's like, when are you going to have a baby? When am I going to have a baby? Or you think I should just like get knocked up by the first man who knocks me up and just have his baby and that's that. Then I realized that's what she did, you know. She met my father, Tony, and I think they were barely dating when she got pregnant with me. I think they've been dating for like two months. That's fucking crazy. And she gets pregnant with me and they get married, you know, because back then you want to get married to like make it right or whatever. Which is bullshit. You shouldn't just get married for that reason. (sighs) Unbelievable stuff. But anywho, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because the pain that I'm in right now, the things that I'm feeling, the things I'm experiencing, they wouldn't be happening if it were not for this embedded trauma that I have. And that fascinates me, you know. Essentially, what happened is that there's this person who I have feelings for who I've dated on and off for a long time. And I was seeing him again recently. And then all of a sudden, he just disappears when things are like seem to be going fine you know it's baffling 
to experience that, you know. <laughs> and it feels embarrassing to even say it, you know, because it makes you feel like you did something wrong. You know, even though you didn't, I didn't do anything wrong at all. Nothing happened. We didn't have a fight. I didn't say anything mean to him. He didn't say anything mean to me. He just disappeared. And yes, it's happened before. I Maybe I should have expected it. But, you know, when people come back and ask for another chance... You think they're being genuine. Because I'm a kind person. I really am. Even though, you know, my brand may be that I'm not. (laughs) That I'm kind of a cold person. I'm an Aquarius, but Aquarians, I think, at our core, we feel so deeply that it's so fucking painful that most people will never understand that. And I feel extremely, extremely deeply in ways that I feel that most people could not handle it. And I think in some ways I've been gifted with that ability to feel, to have a deeper experience than a lot of people emotionally, but it's still painful. And I don't even know how to process what happened to me. I I even feel guilty saying, you know, what happened to me. But it did happen to me. And it was very unkind. And I did not deserve that. It's hard for me to even say that. That it was unkind for someone to treat me badly but it's the truth I've been doing a lot of research about you know attachment styles and emotional unavailability and commitment phobia and things like that and most of it fits most of it fits you know that's another thing is that like I think when women are rejected by men, we, we try to blame women. We try to say like, oh, he's just not that into you. I think that's so fucking dangerous to say something like that to a woman. I think, I think he's just not that into you is mean and non-productive because there are men who are damaged And they pass on that that damage, that pain to women they're involved in with personally. I don't think people talk about that a lot. But I've considered it. I've thought about it. I've done the research. And it's true. What happened to me is not my fault. If you've, if you've been led on, strung along, made to believe that you were loved and appreciated, and then, you know, ghosted, abandoned, that's not your fault. And I'm tired of society telling women 
that the reason a man is not with you or does not want you is because something's wrong with you. That's simply not true. And I think a large part of toxic masculinity is the failure to recognize that men also experience trauma like women and act it out in relationships. So I've been doing some research. I listened to uh, an audiobook, <laughs> which I rarely do. I'm not a big audiobook person, but I was listening to an audiobook and they kind of talked about that. It's called Men Who Can't Love. And this book actually, I feel like it fits the situation I was in quite well. Because it's true. I think there really are people who are incapable of love. Incapable of giving love, providing it, accepting it. And I understand that. It's very painful. And the truth is, is that This person who hurt me, even though he did hurt me and he treated me very unkindly, I do love him. And I will love him from afar. And I will have to find it within myself to forgive him. And the reason why is because I know that what he did has nothing to do with me. And this is something that is extremely difficult to understand and accept because, you know, when someone wrongs us, when someone hurts us, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, am I ugly? Do I not deserve to be treated well? Am I a bad person? Why doesn't anyone love me? I think these are universal truths. These are feelings that everyone has. And it's hard to understand that everyone has them. Because we as humans, we're in our own heads constantly. We think about ourselves. You know, we walk around thinking that everyone is, you know, thinking about us and criticizing us and thinking horrible things about us. But really, we are our own worst critics. We're in our heads about ourselves. So to give validation to these thoughts is a form of self-sabotage. Because your worth as a person should not have to do with anything with regard to how someone else feels about you or thinks about you because chances are they're not thinking about you even though it's a hard pill to swallow it's true people think about themselves first and foremost so I just want to bring up one thing in this book. It's called, it's called Men Who Can't Love. Let me pull up the author. So it's by Stephen Carter and Julia Sokol. They're both psychologists of some type. Um, so something I've struggled with is the idea that 
so this person who hurt me, I, I, one thing I've struggled with is not understanding how me loving this person could not change the situation we were in, could not affect the way that they treat me. So in this book, they talk about myths and facts, myths versus facts. And a myth they talk about in the book, it says the man can be changed by the love of a good woman. And that's a myth. And the opposition to that is a fact. Most of the women he has met have been good women and he has been unkind to all of them. That really struck a chord with me because this person who I've been involved with, um, you know, I've always taken it personally that they have hurt me and then I've had to realize I'm not the only one. I'm not the only person this, this has happened to, you know. This person has hurt other people. But it's hard to comprehend that when we're in our heads. Because the truth is a damaged person who refuses to work on themselves or improve themselves or even recognize what's going on inside of them or how they treat other people. There is no reasoning with that. You know, you can't make somebody see that. What you have to do is you have to grab hold of your own sanity and you have to protect yourself. And that's what I've been trying to do. It's very difficult. Very, very difficult. I guess the problem for me is that I feel like I have this endless well of love to give someone. And I've given it away multiple times. And I think what I've realized is that no one that I ever meet in this life will ever be able to love me the way that I love them. And I accept that. Because when you think about it, in every relationship, there's some sort of imbalance where someone likes the other person more, right? Rarely is it ever equal. It swings back and forth sometimes. But when is it ever exactly equal between two people? I'm not sure if that's possible. So I think what I have to accept about myself is that I'm someone who can offer a lot of love. And part of the reason for that is because I was raised in a household where love was in a deficit. I didn't see love around me. My parents did not love each other. They did not treat each other with respect or love or trust. There was no communication it was sick. So I think as an adult, I've been searching for that. I've been searching for a loving relationship. 
And over and over and over again, I've repeated patterns. I date lots of addicts. I date men who are hurt, damaged, incapable of commitment or intimacy. I'm tired. I'm really tired. And I don't know how to fix it. I'm trying. I'm trying to do everything. I emailed my shaman. And sometimes, I don't know, sometimes you just have to let things play out. And it's okay to be in pain. And it's okay to feel those emotions. It's okay to feel powerless. Like you'll never get over it. But I always have. I've always gotten over things and moved forward. I feel like I'm a very strong person. That's the thing is like, I don't think a lot of people really know me. Not that I'm mysterious or a secretive person. But there's just things about me that I feel that a lot of people don't know and will never understand. And that's okay. One of those things is just how I think I have to push forward no matter what. And I do that. And even though right now I'm completely devastated and hurt and I feel betrayed and abandoned I will be able to move forward and eventually I won't feel those things because I think one of the things that defines humanity and the shared experience of being human is the ability to experience pain and take in that pain and learn from it and essentially become stronger. I feel like so many people don't understand that. I see so many people avoid pain. But I just, I embrace it, you know. Because I think that's part of what being alive is about. Is about experiencing the full spectrum of emotions. And one of those is pain. So, you know, I'm here experiencing the pain, taking it in, embracing it. And then one day, this pain that I feel will be less. It'll be less and less and less and less. And then eventually I won't remember it. I think that's the important thing. Is that you have to keep going. No matter what. And I think that's what this pandemic has taught a lot of us. Is you have to keep going no matter what. No matter how 
painful, no matter how sad. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I hope, I hope years from now I can listen to this and just think like, wow, that was the time in my life where I turned a corner or, you know, things started happening for real because I'm tired. I don't want to be treated unkindly by someone I love. I don't want that for anyone who's listening to this right now. You don't deserve that. You don't deserve to be treated unkindly. Everyone deserves love. Unless you're evil, you know. (laughs) But I really believe that I think everyone deserves something good and something kind. And that's what I wish for for me. And that's what I wish for for you. It's very late. (laughs) So that's all I want to say right now. Okay. Good night. Oh,